Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Frozen Four podcast brought to you by NHL News Updates. And you guys are in for a treat as we break down who we picked for our expansion draft if we were making, if we were, you know, armchair GMs. But before we get to it, I'm your host, Luke. I got my three guys with me Josh, Steven, Stack. How are you guys doing today? What's going on? Draft is almost underway. Technically, we are armchair GMs because of what we've been doing. But that's anyway. Um, it was a really hot day today, and work kind of sucked. But it's whatever. I mean, I'm happy. The expansion draft is fun, and I'm excited. So let's get going. What Josh said, but um, <laughs> before we even start, Seattle, please take Alex Kerfoot. <laughs> Let's make an Alex Kerfoot like conjuring circle or or whatever like a yeah the candles the candles <laughs> see those like Steve I believe you're not alone over there either no I'm not because I'm a freeloader and currently I am bumming it in Atlanta and instead of living under a bridge I decided to stay at this nice little condo with friend of the show uh, John who is here with me John how you doing. Bring back the thrashers. <laughs> I think I think before we start this, Steve has an unfair advantage in the expansion draft because he had two minds working as one, one of which being Bad. a very analytical mind. One and a half. <laughs> one and a half. <laughs> yeah, and the half being Steve's. So I was I was just <laughs> gonna say that. I, I thought it was the half we lost to these um great American uh, pilsners we have in front of us. That too. It could be that. One and a quarter. <laughs> it's just going to keep going down as the show goes on. <laughs> By the end of the episode, there will be less Half than one collective brain. <laughs> See, this is why we prepared beforehand. But if y'all don't know, I'm on vacation right now. Stopped in Cincinnati. Was in Nashville the last few days. Just got to Atlanta and finishing up in Charlotte uh, to end up next weekend. So I picked the perfect time with everything in the NHL world happening in the same week, I decided to go on vacation to relax and scroll through Twitter endlessly. That's fair. Honestly, is that really relaxing though? Shit. You right. I love it here. (laughs) That's that's me as I doom scroll through Twitter. (laughs) But like I said, we got a great show coming at you guys. All about the expansion draft, who we picked, and you know our armchair GM versions of what we think either might happen and or what we what we would do if we were Ron Francis right now. So we're gonna get right into it. We're gonna go team by team. We're all gonna say who we picked, talk about it, see how we feel about it, probably fight about it, you know, bicker about it as we do here on the Frozen Four podcast. Me argue with you guys? Never heard of her. So me we'll, me make bad decisions because I can't judge players. <laughs> so we'll get right into it. First team on the list, the Anaheim Ducks, you know, big trade partner of Jack Eichel right now. Big talks of that. But before we even get there, Seattle's got to pick a player from them. I want to go to Steven first. I don't know why, but I want to go to Steven and John first. With the first pick in the twenty twenty one. Seattle expansion draft, the uh, Penfield Patriots select Alexander Volkov from the Anaheim Ducks, a forward restricted free agent. Interesting. 
Okay. Stack, how about yourself? With the first pick in this year's expansion draft, the Fredonia Grenadiers, uh, that was my um, hot name, actually. But they select Hayden Fleury from Okay. Okay, Joshua? With the first pick in the, I'm not gonna, I'm, we're not gonna keep going. Everything. With the first pick in the Seattle expansion draft, the Seattle Kraken. I'm gonna go um, traditionalist here, but the Seattle Kraken pick Jacob Larson, left defenseman. All right, um, I myself with the first pick in the 2021 Seattle expansion draft, the Fredonia Turtles select Hayden Flurry. Hey, so right, means. So Stack me and Stack both page. go flurry. Josh goes Jacob Lart. Adam, Jacob, Adam. Jacob. Fuck. Jacob. Jacob. Thank you. I was right. And Steve and John go with Alex Volkov. I don't have any question marks. I like that idea for all of us. Any of those would work. With Anaheim, it's very simple. Everybody that's exposed is terrible. So just go for the cheapest one. <laughs> I think that's kind of all where we ended up, except some were at defense and some were at forward. And yeah. It's, yeah. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of teams like that. <laughs> Buffalo. I, I think, I think though, in Flurry, you have a piece who never really got his chance on his team, which was Carolina up until midway through last season. So I think – if anything, Seattle could give him an enhanced role and then see what they really have in him. That I think it's like a mill he makes could end up being a bargain by the end of next season. Yeah, sure. Lurie definitely has the most upside, but for how we drafted, because you know you're drafting from all the teams, we mm-hmm. had to go back and we're like, yeah, we got better options elsewhere, and that's kind of where we ended up. Understandable. So moving on. We're going to jump over to the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, you know, again, in kind of the same situation with Anaheim question marks. However, there is one person available that is a UFA that's really talked about. So, Stephen John, once again, what do you who'd you guys go with from the Arizona Coyotes? So from Arizona, the Penfield Pissants have drafted Christian Fisher. He has one year left at $1 million. He is a cheap utility guy who could be fourth liner or a scratch. Stack? I also took Christian Fisher. Josh? I also took Christian Fisher. All right. So I'm the odd one out. I apologize. Come on! (laughs) So it was between Fisher and I ended up taking Antiranta. Even though he's a UFA, maybe either re-sign him. If you can't re-sign him, you make a trade. No, you, you could definitely argue for that. Auntie Ranta, although often injured, is still a really good goaltender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, I think good picks all around. I also agree with the Christian Fisher one. I think he's a fourth-line guy right now. I think he still has potential to be a middle-six guy. For what it's worth, I think the only kind of problem, and we'll, we'll run into this when we go by a team that starts with the letter F, um, there's another UFA goaltender that looks like they're going to pick. And I have a hard time believing your Auntie Ranta's agent when they pick two UFA goaltenders for trying to extend both of them is kind of a tough thing. But I, That's, I get it. And Auntie Ranta's great. He's like Ben, he's like top 15 in the NHL. I kind of I see it too as a pick to, you know, either maybe try to trade him right at the 
right at the uh, NHL draft or something, or even, you know, not that you would want to let him walk, but let him walk, see what he gets a free agency. Moving on, we're going to go to a rival of all of our teams here on the pod, and that is the Boston Bruins. Steven, who are you picking from Boston? So from the Bruins, Boston. we have picked forward Andre Kashe. He is currently a restricted free agent. Okay. Stack? I selected Connor Clifton. Defensive. Okay. Josh? Probably went a little bit off the board here, but I picked Curtis Lazar. Okay. I also might have gone off the board. Um, I went with the UFA, and that's Sean Corrali. Wow. All of us got different people. <laughs> we we wow. also considered Lazar, but we Kasha has more upside and being a restricted free agent. If you couldn't work out the contract, you can then flip him for more assets. Right. That's fair. I tried to go with guys that were signed this year, which is, it's crazy. Like looking at it, I don't know if your guys' teams look the same, but I feel like the real deal will look like this. No one is signed after one year. There's only a couple players in this expansion draft that are signed for longer than next season. So that gives Seattle a lot of flexibility to say, okay, the people we drafted didn't work out very well. Like these guys didn't, these guys did. So now we can just let them go. I mean, it sucks. Yes. But it kind of gives them a little, it almost like a mini rebuild right off the hop if they need to. So it's almost in a way a nice setup for them here. Definitely. Um, Boston's a team that didn't have that much outstanding talent on it. Yeah, there's Taylor Hall on there. Yeah, there's Tuka Rask on there. Both them UFAs. You're probably not re-signing those guys if no. you're Seattle. Uh, Steve and John, I understand you guys taking Andre Kasha being an RFA. If you can't sign him, flip him. You can still get something for him. Smart. And honestly, I don't think any of us picked super horribly with this with Boston. No, I think I think we did pretty good there. So moving on, uh, the next team uh, is our Homer team is the Buffalo Sabers, and we we. It's a rough one. It's a rough one for us as fans looking at this and seeing who's unprotected and who we can draft. Um, but, Steve and John, what did you guys go with from our beloved Buffalo Sabres? The Pissants don't have any uh, uh, faith or uh, faithfulness to the Buffalo Sabres, and so that's why the Penfield Pissants will select William Borgen, defenseman. All right, Stack. I selected Zemgod Gergensons. Okay, okay, Josh. I picked Jeff Skin. No, no, I'm kidding. Will Borgen. I, it's it's a no brainer. Like if Seattle doesn't take him, I, I don't want them to, but they're gonna. I picked UFA Jake McCabe. Interesting. Interesting. Why is Zemgis stack? Okay. Well, you guys saw me fuck this up in the group chat, so I'm going to just explain it here. Um, my first go through on Cap Friendly, because despite Steve's excellent work with the spreadsheet, it didn't work on my phone because I worked 930 to 7 today. 
So I had to make a team while I was at work. Cap friendlies, I'm sure GM expansion draft thing was the only thing that worked. Um, I had to do two because my first one, I went, I went fucking 17 mil over the cap. I pulled a Tampa and yeah, so I had to make a second team. My first team, I actually took Colin Miller, but um, my second team, I ended up going with Zemgod and I, I just like him as a utility depth piece. I mean, obviously I don't think he's worth his money, um, but maybe Seattle sees something in him. I mean, Will Borgen's a solid piece. And in general, I mean, maybe looking through it again, I wouldn't take Zemgus, but I think practically when this does actually happen in a couple days, I think Seattle's going to go pretty easy on Buffalo. Not that they have a lot of pieces that any other team would really want anyways, but I don't think anyone too serious is going to be taken from Buffalo. Yeah, just real quick while we're talking about this. I actually kind of, the more and more I've thought about this, I think Will Borgen or um, Colin Miller has kind of been the consensus non-Will Borgen pick for the Sabres. But the more and more I think about it, I think that the Kraken might actually kind of be more in on Gergensen's. You know, Gergensen's yeah. depression and defensive game is, um, is, is actually pretty excellent overall. Um, he's, he's coming off the injury, but he does have two years of team control. And yeah, the money is not great. I mean, it's 2.2. So it's like, how much are you really going to get pissed off at a $2.2 million contract? Um, and so it, if, if they're actually good, and as we kind of go down through the process, like you'll see that there's actually a lot of pending UFAs that the team that the Seattle will probably take. They might like a player that has two years of team control just, you know, to resolve themselves the asset of trying to, you know, replace 10 players next year or whatever it's going to be, you know. So I think that's kind of an interesting way to think about it. Another thing yeah. with Zemgis is we've never seen him anywhere but the Sabres. So you never know what a change of scenery could do for a guy like him coming off an injury. He was playing decent bottom six minutes for the Sabres before he got injured. Like he wasn't really that bad of a player. Like he, like we've been saying, he's not worth two point two million. But who knows what he could do in Seattle, depending on how his line mates are and what their system is and all that stuff. So it it could be actually a pretty decent pick for them. Mm-hmm. So I have I have a question before we jump up to one of the two Bet of Alberta teams in Calgary. Does anyone have any gripes with me taking McCabe? No. No, but you really, I kind of expected it because you slob on his knob like corn on the cob. I think he's, I think he'd be a solid third pair guy for them if they can sign him. I think, I think he'd fit in great. To hop to a different vein, even if they don't keep McCabe, that's a significant piece that they could trade his rights at the draft to a team who needs him. Mm hmm. Jake McCabe was a 93% expected goals above average in the NHL this past season. And he's only projected to get around a two-year, $3.5 million contract. So if they selected him and and signed him to that type of deal, I think that that would be an absolutely great pick. But I think that but that's that's a tough sell. It's, it's yeah. a oh, yeah. sell, taking, taking UFAs, multiple UFAs like you have currently. Especially, especially coming off of the injury that McCabe had. Well, you got to think though. Like right now, Seattle has all the time in the world to talk to these UFAs. I mean, we were talking about this the other day on the show. I think um, 
it's like that legal tampering period that we don't see in the NHL. It's this is kind of like that legal tampering period in a way because Seattle can talk to whoever they want for, I mean, well, they have till what tomorrow at 10, I think it is. That'd be Tuesday, the 20th, I think. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what they do though with these UFAs. A lot of UFAs, I should say. But moving back up, we'll go to our first Canadian team, and that is the Calgary Flames. Steve and John, who'd you guys select from Calgary? Yeah, we thought this one was a no-brainer. We selected their captain to give them a big middle finger. Uh, Mark Giordano, defenseman, he's got one year left at $6.75 million. And uh, we saw a tweet from, I think, Pierre Lebrun, that said Seattle was asking for a first and a third to not take Mark Giordano. So I think this is a slam dunk. Calgary's going to say, bye, Mark. Thanks thanks for the memories. Stack, how about you? Um, I also selected Mark Giordano. Josh? I as well selected Mark Giordano. Well, that is our first consensus pick, as I also selected Mark Giordano from Calgary. That 6.75 cap hit will also help them, in my opinion, help them hit that cap limit that they need to reach. And he's still a sound defenseman. I will say with this choice, I really had to take a pause over Brett Ritchie, too, because he played really well for them last season. Of course, I saw Calgary a lot more than I normally did, be it with the North Division and all. Alongside that, it's a lot of money for one year for a 38-year-old guy. 36. 36. Old. Old. Anyways, it's a lot for one year. Granted, obviously, no one thinks they're really going to contend right out the gate, right? I mean, I don't think they'll be Vegas level because that was just absurd. But, hey. Who knows? That'd be great. But, um. The other thing is there are a lot of really good left-handed defenseman options out there as well. And not to say Giordano wasn't the best, but there's also guys like Oscar Clefbaum who's been injury-plagued but supposed to be really good and was really good the last few years before his injuries. But it'll be interesting to see what they end up doing with Calgary. Uh, I don't. I think Giordano's a slam dunk, but it would be interesting to see if they think otherwise. Because they did say they think cap space is the most valuable asset. Something along that line, Ron Francis said. So, granted, it's only a year, but we'll see. So, I think, you know, not to spend too much time on uh, uh, on a unanimous decision by by everyone here, but I'm pretty sure that we can all agree that Giordano is going to be the uh, – he's going to be the first captain of the Seattle Kraken. Right? It's, it's, it's a slam dunk. For sure, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, most definitely. That being said, though, we're going to move on to the next team, and that's going to be the Carolina Hurricanes. Steven John, who are you guys selecting from the Storm Surge? All right. From Carolina, the Penfield Pissants have selected forward Nino Ninerider. He's got... Uh, $5.25 million on his cap hit currently. One year. Two years. Two years. Bite me. 
Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. You're right. It's one year. I was looking at the wrong person. Sorry, Stack. Go ahead. Well, I also stacked Amino Nieder either. No, I did too. <laughs> oh, damn. Look at that. Another consensus pick. We all selected Nito Niederreiter. Back to back. Wow, look at us go. I initially had Brock McGinn when I was first doing it, but I went back, changed things up, and I felt Nino would be a better fit with the lines that I had formed. So, Niederreiter it was. He might just need to change the scene. You know, he's played well in Carolina. He never became the player everyone thought he was going to be, that elite forward. He's definitely still a middle six to top six forward, so we'll see how next year goes if he ends up on Seattle. Um, according to all of us, he ends up on Seattle. So we'll see how that goes. But moving along to the next team up on this list, and that is none other than the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, before we even get into it, can we talk about how the, the fact that they protected Brandon Hagel, Sabres legend, Brandon Hagel, gets protected Upsetting. by Upsetting. Chicago? So, yeah. good for him. <laughs> that being said, though, Stephen John, who is your selection from Chicago? All right, from Chicago, we picked forward Adam Gaudet. He is currently a restricted free agent and has a pulse. And has a pulse. <laughs> Stack, how about yourself? I selected goaltender Malcolm Subban. Interesting. Okay. Josh? I picked Nikita Zadorov because just because you pick somebody doesn't mean they have to stay on your team. You just have to pick someone. I also picked Nikita Zadorov in hopes of flipping him for maybe some kind of late round pick, middle round pick. A, you know. a bag of pucks. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. He's that was our RFA. process too with Gaudet, but you know, we couldn't stomach having Nikita Zadorov in our lives. Chicago Chicago was definitely a team that we went back after we were a little bit over the cap at the end of the entire exercise and basically said, Hey, there's nobody good on this team. Let's just take a free agent and see if we can convince them to a two-way deal. And if we can't, then have yeah, fun at unrestricted free agency, Adam Gaudet. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, the next team, which you could you could see a surprise pick from this team by Seattle. Who knows? Who knows? A player that's, you know, not satisfied with their situation on this team could be a surprise pick. But that team is the Colorado Avalanche. And Stephen John, what did the Pissants decide to draft for Colorado? So this one we had a little bit of a disagreement on, but we ended up settling on JT Comfer, former Sabres legend. He has $3.5 million on his cap for either one or two more years. I forget how many. I believe it's two. It would, in fact, be two. Stack, how about you? Josh? Uh, I picked JT Comfort as well. Wow. Another consensus pick because I also picked JT Comfort. I like keep... him more so than... So for argument's sake, we are also looking at uh, Jonas Donskoy. I like Comfort more than Donskoy. He makes a little more, and I won that one out. 
<laughs> Shocker. It ha it happens occasionally. I make a decent <laughs> point and John agrees. Usually it's the other way around. Moving on then to a team that is, you know, kind of in a similar situation as Buffalo. Like, it's just a shed show right now. Um, and that is the Columbus Blue Jackets. You know, Seth Jones got protected, even though they're looking for a deal to get him out. Who knows what's going to happen in Columbus. But we know Seattle's going to take a player from them. And Steve and John, who would you guys pick from them? The Pissants select Max Domi, center slash left winger, who has one year left at $5.3 million. Stack? Um. I selected Kevin Stenland. Okay. Josh? I selected Kevin Stenland as well. Good All thought right. process, Stack. I selected Dean Kukin. Kukan, however the hell you say what? his name. Okay. <laughs> he... I'm not going to lie. I definitely thought that this was going to be a consensus too. No, um, I, I mean, I, I know that Max Domi, Max Domi definitely fell off a lot over the past, definitely over the past two years, but it definitely over the past season as well. But I kind of see it as a low risk pick from a guy who scored 70 points two years ago, who only he's, he's a UFA at the end of it, at the end of the year. So there's not a ton of money committed and it kind of gives you flexibility where if he doesn't get a scoring touchback, and he stinks, and you stink, then you can trade him at the deadline. Or if he does get it back, and he's your third line or second line left winger, and he's putting up, you know, 50 points or something like that, and you're a competitive team, then you're happy with it. So I'm actually very interested to hear the, the, the Stenlin love. This is interesting. Yeah, I mean, I was just look, you know, I was looking at him and just his former production and stuff like that. He's had two years in a row, 32 games played, 10 points. Um, he's this, this would be his fourth year in the league, like coming up. So, I mean, he's, ha he's got playoff experience too. He played a couple of games in the playoffs for the blue jackets in their series against, um, Toronto last year. So I don't know. I, I feel like he might be one of those, like, not to say he's going to be Will Carlson, but he could be a pick similar to that. Like we saw with Vegas where you pick a no name guy and he just comes out of nowhere, you know? And he's only 24. It's definitely a potential. I, I only picked Stenland because um, he doesn't make any money. So. Oh, fair. Okay. Well, I, picked, I had an actual good I, – I had a good idea, but never mind. <laughs> I picked Dean, Dean Kukan as like a uh, seventh defenseman for me kind of well, idea. Well, like ninth defenseman, but okay. He He's – I think he's better than a lot of people give him credit for. I think he's overshadowed by the amount of defensemen that Columbus has. And also, real quick, before we jump on to a team that a lot of us still despise, um, can we talk about how there are four players that are former Sabres on this uh, this this Columbus team that are available? Yeah. Zach Dalpe, Max – or not Max Domi, sorry. Nathan Gerby, Mikhail Grangorenko, and Cliff Poo. I thought about taking Cliff Poo just for the laughs. <laughs> I thought about Grangorenko for the okay. laughs. I'm very okay with those four names being X Sabers. For it, in the realm of being of bitching about X Sabers, I'm okay with those four. <laughs> Minus Gerby, because I loved Nathan Gerby. I used to love Nathan Gerby. To be fair, 
at this point. I knew, he was, I knew he wasn't amazing. I right. knew he wasn't good, but I liked him. Right. With that, though, we will jump down south again to a team that most of us still despise, and that's the Dallas Stars. The Pissants, who are you selecting from Dallas? Uh, the Pissants, after kicking uh, Brett Hall in the balls, we are going to select uh, Ben Bishop, goaltender, who makes $4.916666 million. All right, stack. My first draft through, I took Joel Hanley. My second ended up taking Ben Bishop. I think I'm going to end up going with Bishop. All right, Josh. Former Sabres legend, Andre Sequeira. I myself chose Sammy Vatanen. I'm curious about the Bishop low-key, but we'll save that. As there's, other, there's other goalies we'll talk about coming forward. I'd just like to point out, we also considered Sequeira. So... Not not a bad pick. We just went a different direction. He's a good, cheap defenseman. Like, he's a veteran defenseman you could use. Cheap, cheap is good. Cheap is very good. <laughs> Moving on, we're going back up north to the Detroit Dumpster Fire Red Wings and the Pissants. Who are you selecting from Detroit? From Detroit, we have taken uh, defenseman Troy Stetcher. Makes 1.7 for another year. Stack? Feels like I drafted with you guys because I took Troy Stetcher also. Josh? Did we just do this all together because I took Troy Stetcher oh, as well? Oh, yeah, we most certainly did. It's the only one that makes sense from this team. This is so bonkers to me. Why did Eiserman leave him unprotected? That's 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 the crazy – you can't look at another player on that exposed list and take anybody else. Right. They protected Adam Ernie. <laughs> Adam Ernie. Yeah. Like <laughs> we yeah. we can question Eiserman other days because we know he's a, actually is a good GM. Maybe he has got more plans in store for us. Who knows? Who knows? But yeah. moving... Stack, what do you got? Oh. Oh, I was only gonna say my first time through Vlad Nemestikov really gave me pause. Um yeah. my second time though, I ended up having to go with Trace Tetra though. Tarot High Rose was my pause. Ooh, I like him too. Yeah. But moving on, we're going to the other team of the Battle of Alberta, and that's Edmonton, our second Canadian team. Piss Ants, who do you got from Edmonton? The Piss Ants take former Sabres legend, four points in six games, Dominic Cahoon. Okay. Okay, stack. James, no, I'm kidding. I took Oscar Clefbaum. Josh? Adam Larson, former Taylor Hall for Adam Larson, one for one. Stack, I'm with you on this. I also took Oscar Clefbaum. Who knows? Maybe he comes back from that injury and becomes a defenseman he's shown he could be. Goes to a non-dumpster fire organization. Maybe he really gets some help. I think he could be a first-line defenseman for them. Top pair defenseman. I mean, with Giordano, he'd have to be either second fiddle or on his bearing, so. True, true. Moving on, we're going right back on down south to one of the warm states, one of the warmest states out of any of these teams, the Florida Panthers. We saw what happened in 2017. Hey, take Marcia so or take Smith so you don't take this person. Takes Marcia so and Smith. 
We saw how they're they're doing in Vegas right now. Curious to see if they make any dumb choices this year. But Pissants, who you guys got from Florida? All right, so this has been rumored, and it's all but a certainty. They're going to draft goaltender Chris Drieger. He's a UFA, and they're going to sign him to an, ex- to an extension. So we went with the probably going to happen pick. Stack? I also did. Yep, same boat. I, I as well, Chris Drieger. Oh, yeah, Chris Drieger, hands down, no doubt in my mind, that's who they're going to select, and that's who I would select from this team. So There's there is a rumor. I don't exactly – it's it's looking to be a like a smith marcheso type of deal where they're going to say, take Drieger and we'll give you Vetrano is what I've heard, <clears throat> is what I've heard. And I don't know how true that is. I don't know how why it would make – like why, but that's just something I've heard uh, today on uh, – from Frank Saravalli on his Listen. show, uh, the daily face off. But I don't know. It'd be kind of weird if they did that. Cause like, I think Seattle's just kind of taking Drieger anyway. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. Um, you know, Florida makes some dumb decisions sometimes. So let's we'll see what happens, but we're going to fly on out West to the city of angels, Los Angeles, Steve, John, Pissant. Who's your pick from LA? So from Los Angeles, we're taking defenseman Kale Clegg, who is a restricted free agent. Stack? I took Leafs legend Carl Grundstrom. Josh? I took Blake Lazat. Stack, did we do this together? Because I also took Carl Grundstrom. I Nice. I think he's got a lot of potential. Loki. I love the way he plays and I hated when they traded him away. Granted, I'll, I'll take Jake Muzzin any day, but I really hated to see him go and he is going to be something cool. Yeah. The reason we won with Kale Clegg is because he has a pulse. That's uh, fair. We need to be cap compliant and he is a restricted free agent. So that's kind of where we landed. That is that is fair. Um also, for those listening that don't know, I'm looking at the spreadsheet that lovely Steven made for us. Um, thank you, Steven, for doing all that work for us. Also, I could tell that you made this not fully sober. He's looking at some of the... He sent us I'm the on vacation, email. okay? He, <laughs> the email that he sent the spreadsheet in was signed, Steve, I can't taste this chicken because I'm so drunk, Stavarsky. Get it, get it right. All right. It was quoting Colonel Sanders. I, I am too drunk to taste this chicken. Anywho, we're moving up north. We're going over to Minnesota. Steve, what do you got for us? All right. In completely sober fashion, we have taken forward Victor Rask. He's got one year left at four million dollars. Stack. I uh, took note of Josh lookalike Capo Kakinen. He looks like me? I've bit. never seen a picture of him. <laughs> Without the beard, yeah. Oh, interesting. Look it, look it up, trust me. Okay. Josh? Well, well, I took Carson Soucy, defenseman with two years, 2.75 on the cap. I took Luke Johnson. He had a pulse. The fair. My rationale, and as you guys will hear probably in the next few picks, 
You'll be like, Stack, why do you have so many fucking goalies? Um, I ended up picking six. Actually, no, I have eight. Um, <laughs> why? <laughs> before, before you call me crazy, um, the goalie market for this year's free agency isn't amazing. And a lot of those guys who are out there probably deserve big raises. Um, some of those being Yarrow Halak, uh, Darcy Kemper, um, Auntie Ranta as well. Um, these could be significant. Well, a lot of these goalies are at controlled cost for not a lot of term. Uh, could be cheap backup pieces, which Seattle could use to get significant draft capital with. That yeah. was my real reasoning for getting a lot of goalies. Well, with that, we're going to jump back up north to Canada because I don't even want to think about Stephen John selecting Victor Rask. We're just going to brush that off. And we're going to jump back up to Canada, go over to um, a team that I know Stack does not like right now and that we <laughs> don't like either. But and that, is Mont- <laughs> that is a Montreal Canadiens. Does Seattle take price? Who knows? But the Pistons took. Yeah, if they take Carey Price, everyone in that organization should be fired and blackballed from the league. It With the amount of players that are exposed with higher cap hits that could actually impact your team, taking Carey Price at $10.5 million for five more years when he can barely stay healthy for a shortened season, uh, good, good luck with that logic. But the Pissants have selected defenseman Brett Kulak, who's got $1.85 million cap hit for a year. Is it because he has a pulse? No, he, he, he's a solid uh, okay. he's a solid defenseman. He's, a, okay. he's actually a pretty solid defensive shot suppression yeah. uh, player that kind of plays in the bottom pair. A lot of people kind of attribute his success to, 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 to like kind of playing with Shea Weber. But – Hey, if you can play big minutes with Shea Weber and you only make $1.85 million and I get you for free, you have a spot on my team. All right. Stack? I picked Jonathan Drouin. I right. as well picked Jonathan Drouin. I also picked Jonathan Drouin. So this it time... looked like the three of us were more um, you know, wise with our cap spending. Is, was it, are we not? I Maybe. don't know. Uh, so we, we had Drew N in our rough draft, but um, oh. but uh, we, we had to switch it up for cap reasons. I don't want to know what else happened that you needed to switch him out for cap. He's only a five point five. That's not that big of a cap hit. Because Victor Rask makes four million dollars. <laughs> okay, can, can we hop off the Victor Rask? <laughs> this is like I'm sorry. This is like Devin Dubnik all over again for me. What is it with Minnesota that throws me off? I don't okay, know. So okay, don't okay we're going to go back to Victor Rask, okay? <laughs> now, now we're going to talk about this. The reason – okay. So you don't know with this expansion team, you don't know how, how these people are going to gel. You don't know how everything's going to go. And so we wanted we wanted flexibility with, with pending unrestricted free agents, yeah, yeah. and especially centers. Centers are, no matter what, they're, they're a premium are on NHL centers. There's a reason that Victor Rask was traded for Nino Niederreiter, who's an objectively better player, but he doesn't play center. So that's why we took Victor Rask. He's got one year remaining on his contract. He could play well. And as you'll see, he's not exactly going to be getting, like, 20 minutes in our lineup. So, yeah. yeah. 
moving on, we're going down to Smashville, Tennessee. Steven John, going right back to you guys. Who'd you select from the Preds? So from the Nashville Predators, the Penfield Piss Ants select Ryan Johansson, who has four years remaining at $8 million. Stack? I took Callie Yarncroke. Josh? Mikhail Granlund. Stack, are you sure we didn't do this together? Because I also took Callie Yarncroke. Hey, great minds, you know. I I think he's a solid middle six player, so. Yeah, he's one of those guys in that similar to Alex Kerfoot, Jared McCann, Vane, who you can just plant anywhere in the middle six and they'll do all right, you know. Josh so, and Steve. Josh. Those are very valuable. Yeah, Josh, Steve, and John all went for that you know, number one, number two center in their picks. So pretty, pretty, pretty smart all around by all of us. Moving on to another dumpster fire of an organization, and that is the New Jersey Devils. Steve and John, who'd you guys select from here? Uh, we selected defenseman Will Butcher, who makes three point seven three 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 times infinity uh, million dollars on the cap. Stack. Okay. Well, my first draft. I took Leafs legend Andreas Janssen, but on my revisions, I took Will Butcher as well. All right, Josh? Nathan Bastion, uh, right winger. I believe he has one year left at – or no, two years left. I'm sorry, two years left at 825000 I I, uh, I went with Leafs legend Andreas Janssen at a $3.4 million cap hit for the next two years. I think he's a solid middle six player that will slot in well. In a new system, because I don't think he fit in well in New Jersey. So, I agree with that. Yeah, not not to plug our other shows, but uh, we have a draft, like actual draft special coming up, and we talked to some other guys from different podcasts. And the guy from My Eighty Sports, who is the Devils expert, really convinced me that Andreas Janssen is booty. So that that's why we picked Butcher over Janssen. I think with a new change of pace for Janssen, he can be that middle six guy again. Moving on to the New York Islanders. They're very strong defensively, but obviously the defense that you want might not be there. So, Penfield Pissants, who are you selecting from the New York Islanders? The Pissants are going to select right-winger Jordan Eberle, who has three years remaining at $5.5 million. Stack? I took Josh Bailey. Josh? I took someone that has a great first name. His name's Josh Bailey. And I took Jordan Everly. So we're, we're pretty split. much across the board. Uh-huh. Oh. Both, both, all of us went for first line right winger pretty much. First right. or second line right winger right there. First pretty, line pretty line sound pick, yeah. General, yeah. Yeah. I think, I don't know why they would leave one of them exposed. And I don't know why they would leave both of them exposed. Right. So... I, you know, I, Lou, uh, what the fuck? I mean, he, again, really, maybe he's but, got more ideas planned, like Eiserman does. Who knows? He's Lou Lamarillo. I don't know. Yeah, you're maybe, right. Maybe, maybe he's losing his mind. <laughs> True. Moving on, staying right near the island, but going a little bit north to the New York Rangers. Um, I don't know. There's nothing in this in in this unprotected list. Steve, John, 
What are the piss ants got? Uh, the piss ants like Colin Blackwell. Stack. Hold, please. <laughs> the pick I is took, in. I took Keith Kincaid following that train of. Oh, yeah. You're I, I think you're going to try to uh, make Keith Kincaid play out, uh, play a little play a little wing every once in a while. I mean, hey, if Brendan Smith can go from defense to forward, who's stopping Keith Kincaid? <laughs> Josh? Uh, I as well pick Colin Blackwell. I also pick Colin Blackwell, fourth line, extra guy, whatever. He's a body. Cool. Was on pace to score 20 goals last year. True. And cheap and, and alive. So that's yeah, yeah. Kind of <laughs> Moving on, going back up to Canada, back up to a rival of both of our teams here on this podcast, the Ottawa Senators. John, Steve, Pissants, your pick is in. Who do you got? Uh, we're going to take uh, right and left winger Evgeny Dadanov. Okay, stack. All right, well, my first go-through, I took Chris Tierney. My second, I took Anton Forsberg following that goalie train. So um, I think I have enough money so I can take Chris Tierney at this point. So I'm going Chris Tierney. Josh? I as well went with Chris Tierney. Good third-line center. I also went with Chris Tierney, second or third-line center. Uh, I understand the choice of Dananov. You're picking someone for now. Plus, he could get another. I don't think that change of scenery from Florida Florida to Ottawa was the correct one. I think that it could help him to go to another new team because Ottawa clearly was not fit for him. No. So, and I, just to, I, that's actually pretty much exactly what I was going to bring up, Josh, is that um, Dodonov he he played so well with Barkov. Like the 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 shots the shots per game that those two as with, with Huberto were putting up was just absolutely incredible, and so it kind of shows that he he's a winger. He makes five million bucks a year, but he's not a winger that's going to drive a line. But that's yeah. not really what you expect from a guy from a guy making five million. You put him with obviously Johansson has had his issues, you know, and or maybe some other centers that we haven't uh, we haven't talked about yet. I definitely think that there's a role for him on the team, and he only. The con the contract is it's it's high for the production that he gave last year, but at the same time it's short. There's only two years left on it, so that's why yeah. we kinda, we and and we took Victor Rask, so we didn't have a spot for bum ass Chris Tierney's terrible two way play. So that's yeah. <laughs> that's why we took it. Moving on to the city of good neighbors, the Philadelphia Flyers, Stephen John. What you guys got? Wait, 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 wait. The city of good neighbors. That's their no, city, it's city not. of brotherly, brotherly, city love. Of brotherly it's love. love. My You're bad. My bad. I had a mix. I had a mix. That's on me. That's on me. I'm an idiot. It's fine. <laughs> I accept that. Josh either way. That oh, 100%. I'm gonna, either I'm way. Gonna that. Either way. Steve John, what do you got from us from Philly? All right. From the land of likes to sn- throw snowballs at Santa Claus, we drafted James Van Riemsdyk, who has two years left at $7 million per. Stack? I took Robert Haig. Okay. 
Bro, Josh, Dak, get out of my fucking head. <laughs> I picked Robert Haig as well. Uh, one year left, one point six million. I chose JVR at two years, seven million. Like Stephen John, either way, I think it's a solid pick for either of us. You know, a sound defenseman or a second line winger. So, solid pick. Those are probably the two most likely to be chosen from Philly. Hey, we considered him. Uh, we just thought, you know, JVR on the board. You got to go JVR. He's yeah. someone who's going to give you 40 to 50 points. Exactly. Well, and a, not a long contract. There's another rumor going around similar, much better, but similar to the Florida one of P- Philadelphia really wants Vladimir Tarasenko. And there is rumors that Seattle might take Tarasenko from St. Louis and then say, okay, we're going to take Voracek from Philly to clear that cap space. And then Philly's also going to give them Haig or a first. That's the rumor for, for Tarasenko, I should say. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like one of those weird expansion draft deals that they might, that, like Seattle could just say, no, fuck you. We want something else. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I'm, I'm excited to see if a lot of teams use that this year. Before we go on, why the fuck does Jake Voracek make $8.25 million? I don't know. <laughs> I was trying to figure that out, too. <laughs> I mean, like, he was really he was really good when he signed that contract. What, he was scoring 90 ago? points a year. Yeah. When yeah. when Drew was at his was was at his peak and Voracek was on his way, he was scoring eighty he was scoring 80, 90 points a year. I mean, Voracek's old. And we we, we talked about Voracek. Yeah, I did too. But the the term, the term, and less money with with JVR was really what kind of like they had similar production last year. That's what kind of made it a little bit of a no brainer. And Bon, you mentioned Tarasenko. Uh, I I see a tweet from Andy Strickland that went to the top of my feed. Told if Seattle drafts Tarasenko, it will not be his final destination. See, so who knows? Who knows where he ends up? Who knows where anyone ends up? with an expansion draft because a lot of moving parts will happen with that though. We'll jump over to the other team in Pennsylvania. And that is the Pittsburgh Penguins, Steven, John, the Pistons. Who do you select from the Penguins? All right. From the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, we select defenseman Marcus Pedersen. He makes point two, uh, four point zero two five zero seven five million dollars and he has four years left on his deal stack i took jason zucker all right josh for my second goalie selection i have taken casey DeSmith. stack are you positive we didn't do this together because i also chose jason zucker solid middle six guy only two years left. Five point five is a little much, but you know, it'll help. It'll help hit the cat, hit that cap uh, floor they have to hit. See, I went in uh, before we collabed. I went in thinking Zucker all the way, but just how it fell, and we just like some forwards better uh, from other teams, kind of like JVR than Jason Zucker. So that's kind of how it went. Completely understandable. Moving on, we're heading back out west. We're going to San Jose, another questionable dumpster fire team. Pissants, who did you select from San Jose? 
the Piss Ants select Ryan Donato, who is an RFA. Stack? I took Matt Nieto. Josh? I also took Matt Nieto. <laughs> I chose Jaden Halbigwag. How the hell you say his name? He has a pulse. He's a prospect. Yeah, he's he's got he's a older prospect with a pulse. I was not worried about San Jose. They did not have enough people that really interested me. Before we move on, real quick, I just think it's so funny what I was looking through. Not one name made me laugh more than seeing Mark Edward Vlasic have to be protected. That made me that made me laugh. It's great. <laughs> it's great. Moving on though, we just talked about a player from this team and Vladimir Tarasenko, and that is the St. Louis Blues. John, Steve, who do you guys got from St. Louis? Uh, from St. Louis, we select defenseman Vince Dunn. Stack? Yeah, I think all the trade scenarios we've been talking about with Tarasenko come to life where he gets picked and then traded, so I took Tarasenko. Josh? I was very, very close to picking Vince Dunn, but I ended up picking Sammy Blay. Josh, you and me thought alike there. I was very close to picking Vince Dunn, but I went with Sammy Blay. I like him as a bottom six for now. That could work his way up. So I just kind of wanted to to chime in on this because I think St. Louis is absolutely the most interesting team in the entire expansion draft because I think whatever Ron Francis does – with St. Louis is going to basically shape what everyone's perception of what his perception is going to be of his team. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, okay. Vince Dong is a young, really good defenseman. That's it. That's under team control. He, he he's like a year until RFA he's younger. Um, and I think, and obviously Tarasenko is he's older, higher cap hit, but there are teams that are interested in him that he might be able to flip and maybe, you know, retain some salary and, you know, make a deal happen that way. So I think what whichever avenue he goes down is going to kind of determine, because if he goes down the Tarasenko route and takes him, retains some salary and then trades him to Philadelphia, uh, like Steve had just mentioned, that's going to show us a lot that maybe Ron Francis is a little bit more interested in the, in the long game. Uh, a little yeah, bit, maybe a little that. bit more so than, than Vegas was. I mean, I know Vegas did get two first round picks for taking players, but they took the right players. So it, I, to me, and I kind of want to know what you guys hear about this. I, I think that St. Louis is the most interesting pick that they're going to make. All night. I think with you describing it like that, I definitely can believe so. The only one that could rival them would be Tampa, just because of the amount of people you can pick from Tampa. Which, speaking of Tampa Bay, the cup winners, do they, they also need to, you know, lose somebody. So, Steve, John, who'd you pick from them? Oh, Lord. From the Tampa Bay cheaters, we have selected Yanni Gord who makes 5.16 repeating on the count. The four years. Stack? I also took Yanni Gord. Josh? Looks like we got a consensus because I took oh, Yanni Gord oh, as well. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a no-brainer. It's honestly a no-brainer. It's he's, slammed he's up. A fir- he's a first-line left winger. I mean, 
on a Seattle team, he's a first line left winger. I'm it's it's so he's a first line left winger or a second line center. It's yeah. versatility. The cap hit's not crazy. He's 29. It's not, the term isn't great, but the number is fine. It's 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 perfect. It's fine. Whatever. It's so yeah. interesting though because there are so many different routes they could go with Tampa because they could take the the number one pick of Yanni Gord who is 28 years old, they could take a younger pick and a guy like Ross Colton or Taylor Radish or Beret Boulay, or they could take somebody older like Pat Maroon or Alex Kilmore. Andre, Andre Pilat. Andre Pilat. Too, like, there's yeah. so many different avenues they can go down here, but I think Yanni Gord is the standout correct avenue. Yep. And we're going to head back up north as we have just a few more teams. As we know, Vegas does not need to give up a pick, give up a player because they just picked their own players a couple years ago. So we're going to go up north to another homer team of this podcast, Stack's team. I'm going to let Stack go first on this one, change up the order just for this, because it is Toronto. Stack, who'd you pick from your beloved Toronto Maple Leafs? Well, I want them to take Alex Kerfoot. Knowing that, um, they're probably going to do exactly the opposite of what I want to happen because life has a way of doing that. But, um, yeah, I want them to take Travis Dermott. I think they're going to take Travis Dermott. Um, I wouldn't mind them taking either Kerfoot or Dermott. But I think at this point uh, the forward crop is very strong and spending $3.5 million on a third-line player isn't exactly something they'd want to do. So... I think they'll take Dermot. All right. Back over to the Pissants. Steve and John, who would you guys select from the Toronto Maple Leafs? So for this one, we basically said, all things considered, we don't think this is actually going to happen. But if we're just doing, if we were the GM drafting, this is who we'd take. We would pick forward Jared McCann, the newly acquired center that they got from Pittsburgh. However, we are under the impression that Dubas is likely to make a side deal for them to take Kerfoot instead of McCann. Otherwise, why would they trade for McCann and give up those assets? So we think there might be be something going on there. Yeah. Josh? Josh? I as well picked McCann, and I i mean, same thought process as Steve and John. It's just like, why would you trade for that guy for literally nothing, and then Not you're going to lose him? Right. I myself chose Travis Dermott, solid second or third pairing def- left shot defenseman. I like Dermott a lot. I cheap think he too. has a – yeah, he's very cheap, one and a half mil for two years. So I think he's gotten a fair shot because of how many defensemen are in Toronto right now. For what it's worth, um, Chris Johnston, noted Leafs reporter, has reported for a while that Seattle has had significant interest in Alex Kerfoot. So oh. I'm praying and hoping they take Kerfoot, especially because by the numbers, McCann is much better um, and makes less money. So, God, I hate my life. <laughs> Down to our final three teams, staying up north but moving out west to British Columbia, Canada, and that is the Vancouver Canucks. Steve, John, Pissants, who would you pick from the Nucks? From the Vancouver Canucks, the Penfield Pissants select 
NHL 2015 standout prospect forward Jace Howerlick. He is currently a restricted free agent. Okay. Stack? I took Braden Holtby. Josh? I took prospect Cole Lind. I, myself, also took Braden Holtby. It uh, makes 4.3 mil for one more year. Not really too mad about it. I don't mind that Jace Howerluck pick, though. I think yeah. he's a fourth-line guy. My, he has my, some potential, and yeah. uh, we also we considered Holtby, but considering his cap and some of the other goalies available, we, we just thought there were better options. Yeah. Moving right along, we heard from these guys. Um, well, you'll hear from these guys in a later episode. But we move on to the Washington Capitals. Steve, John, who you guys pick from the Caps? Uh, the Pissants select Vitek Vanacek, goaltender. Stack. Same thing, Vitek Vanacek. Josh? With my final goalie selection of the draft, I select Vitek Vanacek. I also selected Vitek Vanacek. He is your goalie of the future. He's your goalie of the future. I mean, it's as simple as that. And even if he's not, he doesn't make enough money that you can't move him. Exactly. Especially given that his stock with other teams is probably pretty high right now. You could dra- you could trade him for again significant draft capital. Oh yeah. Given and... the the goalie market in the NHL right now, cheap goalies that are proven NHL guys are like one of the most valuable um, products on the market. So even if he you don't think that he's going to be on your team because you draft two other goaltenders, I could definitely see another team giving up like a high second round pick or even like a late first round pick for Vanacek. I could oh, yeah. absolutely oh, yeah. see it happening. Most definitely. We have made it. For those listening that decide to stick around this entire way, we have made it to the very end. The final team in the NHL, at least by, you know, alphabetically, the Winnipeg Jets. Steve, John, with your final selection in the 2021 Seattle expansion draft, who do the Penfield Pissants select? The Pissants select top pairing elite Norris caliber defenseman Dylan DeMello. Stack. The Fredonia Grenadiers' last choice is Dylan DeMello. Josh. The Seattle Kraken's last choice is Dylan DeMello. I don't I don't want to say mine now. God damn it, Luke. Sorry, the Fredonia Turtles decided to go with Mason Appleton. It's a good pick, but, like, come on. We would have had seven consensus picks as a group. (laughs) So it was between Appleton and DeMello. The reason I decided to go Appleton is he just – it fit better with who I had already drafted and the way I drafted my defense. He he just – I don't – I wouldn't have been able to make him fit in the lineup the way I wanted to. I would have had to leave someone out, and I didn't want to do that, so – I mean, Appleton Appleton's a, is, is a really nice player. Um, I think the numbers kind of show out that he's actually, like, one of one of the better defensive forwards available. 
uh, in the draft. Like he's he's one of those guys who's like the sixth guy in your top six on the right wing, who it, who just kind of rides along shotgun with the other guys, who doesn't put up crazy points, but all he does is just play great defense and suppress shots. So it's not and a, he's a it's, center. It's, it's not yeah, and it's not a crazy it's not a crazy pick, which is which is fair. But I I just think that uh, Demello is I think that he's a, he's a great established top four D. Yeah, that's fair. The the other reason why Appleton is because he's a center. I mean, I, I I wanted another center that can play at second or third line, even fourth line if need, like whatever. He can be moved around the lineup, and I loved that about him. That will conclude the 2021 Seattle expansion draft here on the Frozen Ford podcast. Before we get out of here and hit some closing time, I want everyone to read off their lines real quick. You know, we drafted the team, so now I want to hear everyone's ideas on what their lineups would be with said teams. And this is before any kind of trades or anything, just with who you selected, what would your lines be? So we're going to keep it going the same way. Steve, John, the Penfield Pistons, what is your lineup? All right, so our lineup, barring any moves, as you said, our first line is going to be centered by Ryan Johansson, left wing James Van Riemsdyk, and right winger Jordan Eberle. Uh, Second line is going to be centered by Yanni Gord with Nino Niederreiner and Evgeny Dadanoff as his wingers. Third line, Jared McCann, centering Max Domi and JT Comfer. Then fourth line, yes, Victor Rask makes the lineup bite me and Andre Kasha and Colin Blackwell are his wingers. Now, as for defense, we're going to go a top pair of Mark Giordano with Dylan DeMello. Then Vince Dunn and Troy Stetcher are finish out the top four. Marcus Pedersen and Brett Kulak finish out the top six. Now, Will Butcher got some consideration, but Kulak is more of a good third pair defenseman, which is why he makes the lineup and Will Butcher it gets the ball stab and is in the stands. Our starting goaltender is Ben Bishop, but when he gets hurt, Chris Drieger is going to be the first backup, and then barring any trades, Vitek Vanacek is also in the mix. Moving on, Stack, what is your lineup? Well, my lineup is probably going to have some significant changes, but as of right now, I have Jason Zucker on the left wing, um, the center is to be determined, assumingly, um, with the return from the Tarasenko deal. And then on the left, I have uh, Jonathan Druin. On the second line, I have Josh Bailey, centered by um, Chris Tierney. And then on his right wing, I have Nino Niederreiter. On the third line, I have Yanni Gord, um, centered by... Uh, Carl Grundstrom, I believe he makes a hop. And then, actually, well, I'm going to put Comfer at center, but then put Grundstrom as his uh, right wing. Uh, for the fourth line, I have Christian Fisher um, alongside Kelly Yarncroke and Matt Nieto. For defense, I have Mark Giordano with Dylan DeMello. On the first pair, for the second pair, I have Oscar Klefbaum with Troy Stetcher. And for the third pair, I have Travis Dermott with either Hayden Fleury or Connor Clifton. And then for goalies, I have Ben Bishop 
And then whenever he gets hurt, Braden Holdby, and then behind him, Chris Dreger. Not too bad. Again, Josh, how about yourself? So my first line going from left to right, we have Jonathan Drouin on the left wing, Mikhail Granlund at center, and Josh Bailey on the right. Second line is Yanni Gord, Jared McCann, and Nino Niederreiter. Third line, Matt Nieto, Chris Tierney, and Christian Fisher. Fourth line, Stenland, Comfer, and Blay. And on defense, first pairing, we got Mark Giordano with Adam Larson. Second pairing, we got Jacob Larson with Troy Stetcher. And third pairing, we have Andre Sakara and Dylan DeMello. Goaltending-wise, Casey DeSmith is our starter when he gets neglected by the franchise because they think somebody's better than him after a year like they've done to every Pittsburgh Penguin goalie. Chris Drieger is his backup, and Vitek Vanacek is in the AHL. All righty. Myself, my first line is centered by Jonathan Druin with Yanni Gord and Jordan Eberle on his wings. I got Chris Tierney as a line two center with any of Nino Niederreiter, Jason Zucker, JT Comfort, Andreas Janssen on his left side, and JVR on his right. Line three will be centered by Mason Appleton with Zucker and Comfort as his wings. And fourth line will be Sammy Blay centering Andreas Janssen and Carl Grundstrom. My defensive pairings. I got Clefbaum and Giordano. You know, one of them make the switch to the right side. I think Clefbaum can. I think Giordano can as well. I got Dermot and Stetcher as my second pairing, and I got McCabe and Hayden Flurry as my third pairing. My starting goaltender will be Antti Ranta if he decides to resign. If not, it'll be a tandem of Braden Holby and Chris Dreger with Vanacek waiting in the wings for one of them to ultimately die because that will probably happen. That being said, though, we're going to head into some closing time here on the Frozen Four podcast. Those listening along, let us know what you think of our lines and our choices on who we drafted. Um, I'm sure everyone has their own ideas and their own options for, you know, what they would draft if they had the choice and what they would draft if there was no salary cap. But that being said, Steve, what you got for us for closing time as we're getting close to these draft days? All right. So as I said, I'm on vacation, which has been a working vacation between putting together the spreadsheet that most of us used. Uh, stack, not going to hold it against you, but, you know, shit happens. But it, it's been fun. And uh, w- one thing we did when we were in Nashville, the night we went out, so I'll spare you the driving chaos of getting from Rochester to Cincinnati in one night when I had worked a full day, had to get up extra early, only had six hours of sleep because I had hockey Wednesday night and then had to get up for a Thursday oil change and then work for a full day and then drive seven hours. And the last hour was a downpour where I couldn't see. That was great. But when we were in Nashville, the night we went out, we went to this like barcade where it had all all these like classic games for free. But, you know, they probably overpriced their drinks a bit, whatever. So they had 
ton of pinball, ski ball. They had bubble hockey that you paid for, so I didn't I didn't play it. Pac-Man, and then my favorite arcade game of all time, Area 51. The classic Area 51 that anyone who played at Thomas Creek when it was still called Thomas Creek and played hockey camps there during the summer played relentlessly during our lunch breaks. And guess what? Since it was free, I got to dual wield the two pistols on the side and I felt like a fucking badass. It was awesome. You shoot aliens in the face and you don't have to pay a dime. It was amazing. Uh, why, did, why does bubble hockey always cost money? Like, why? It's just, it's so much know. fun. Just make it free. <laughs> there, there were two things that you had to spend, three things you had to spend in there. Drinks, bubble hockey, and this uh, uh, basketball, you know, oh. the typical basketball NBA shooting game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, actually, oh. I might know the reason why, and that's because of the company that makes those games. Because I worked for the company that makes those games. Interesting. So it's your fault. Worked for. I no longer work for them. I worked for them. Guilty by association. Five I'll years ago. Soon, bud. <laughs> well, Steve showed his age, and I, I come on. When they used to call it that, come on, that's showing your age a little bit, bud. <laughs> Stack, what you got for us for closing time? Yeah, much of the same, uh, just normal working stuff and just trying to get out and have beers because, like, it feels like I'm always either at work or sleeping or eating. Let's go. Not much beer in the middle. But uh, I did play hockey last night for the first time in a month, so that was great. Um, had a did you win? Uh, yeah, we did, actually. I assisted on the game winner, but nice. we don't really we, – we really don't keep score because it – it's a bunch of my friends from high school and college, and I don't want to sound too um, self-indulgent, but we're all really good, so the score gets up there fast, and we don't have a lot of good goalie friends. Um, we have a few. Uh, one, A couple of them were playing last night, but the score can get up high really fast. So, um, yeah, it was like, I think the score was like 17 to 16 or something. In an hour and a half of play. So, when did uh, you play hockey? I thought you were. When did the football game come on? <laughs> right. <laughs> but did you have defense? Uh, no, not really. I played defense, <laughs> but as soon as it went the other way, I I got my ass right up there. But um, yeah, no, that was a, that was a good time. Um, I missed being out there. Like I said, I hadn't been on in like over a month, so that was great. But yeah, just back to the grind. You know, same old, same old for me. Hell yeah. Josh? Let me tell you something. This week is hockey, like, heaven. It's so fun. It's so, There's so much going on. But planning all this shit, the expansion draft, our draft episode that's coming out later this week, getting that all together, getting everyone's schedules to line up, getting Steve on here when he's on vacation, getting Stack in here when he's got hockey, and then... When you guys all get to glog off of this little Zoom call and go to bed and go drink beers and go on your phones, I sit here and edit every single thing. Every single thing. (laughs) That is your choice because I have offered to edit. I know. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm not complaining. I'm just (laughs) saying it's so much editing in one. Like, I have to edit 
this episode to get it out by tomorrow morning. I have to edit the draft episode to get it out by Thursday morning. And I just, uh, this weekend is going to be fun. Luke knows. I know me and Luke are hitting the town on Friday and it's going to be a good time. <laughs> but other than most, that, most other than that, I'm feeling pretty good. It's been a, been a good, good few weeks so far for me. What about you, Luke? What you got? I think, uh, I think John's got a quick story for us real quick. Yeah, that's why. I, well, first off, I want to thank you guys for having me on. It's always really fun. It's the first time I've ever been able to do it with Steve in the room, which is always kind of interesting. Um, but kind of as, <laughs> as is tradition now, we have to. I have to tell a Steve story uh, as part of my closing time. Uh, so, uh, my, this actually probably is my favorite story about Steve. So this is when we were in. Uh, we were in ninth grade, and we were in in, in history class. And you know, like in history class, when they would give you, um, they would give you like the blank map as like an introduction to like a different unit, and you would have to like go through is the this, textbook or go. Is through this the, the Where's Grease story? Yeah. Yes, finally. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so you know, you have to like you know go through the textbook, go through an atlas, and like label the twenty points of interest in wherever wherever it is. So we're going into our Grease unit, and, uh. We get we get the map of Greece and it's all in black and white because we went to public school. So so that that's that's what happens. <laughs> and so uh, Steve and I and Connor and our, our really good friend Connor, we all we all we're all in the same class and we're all sitting next to each other. And Connor and I were like, you know, we're doing doing our work, like not really paying that much attention to Steve. And then I look over to my right and I see Steve, and this is like 15 minutes into this exercise, Steve's map is completely blank. No writing, no marks, no color, no anything. And so I'm like, hey, Steve, what's going, what's going on, big guy? Like, you good? And I look over at his map, and he has it upside down. And so I'm Steve. like, Steve, what's, what's going on here, bud? And he's like, this is not Greece. This is not Greece. Because... And then it took me like two or three seconds to think about it. And then I realized, wait a minute, this fucking idiot thinks that the dark part is the land and the white part is the sea. <laughs> so instead of asking anyone because he was too fucking prideful, he literally was just staring at this, trying to figure out where the Greek mainland was from where actually it was the Aegean Sea and his map was upside down. Steve... What where's Greece, Steve? Yeah, and so that's uh, that's the that's the famous where's Greece because that that is legitimately the dumbest thing I've ever seen a human being do, and I've seen it. I've seen somebody literally drive their car up onto the sidewalk to go into a bar, and that's even dumber. Steve, you didn't think to flip the paper once to be like, wait, maybe it is upside, like. No, no, no. It wasn't that. Uh, you know, when you look at a picture and if you look at it one way, it's like two people kissing. And then if you look at it another way, it's like a different picture. Yeah, yeah. Problem was, the way I was looking at it, it wasn't a real picture. Well, yeah, no. It's The way that you were looking at it was not the objective truth that it is that everybody else was looking at it. You didn't look I around and see everyone have it the other way around, like... I was a visionary that the uh, public schools could not keep up with. <laughs> 15 minutes. 15. 
15 minutes and he still didn't do anything. Didn't like tap anyone on the shoulder. Like, Hey, is, is mine defective? <laughs> <laughs> Did I get the China test? And everyone else got China? <laughs> um, is my brain defective? Kind yeah. of evidence then, to right, that. And then, and then last little point of stupidity that I'll bring up on this point. If the fun, I think even like the low key funniest thing that I thought about this in like the 13 years it's happened since then is the fact that you were looking at the black dark part of the continent, thinking that being the landmass, and then trying to figure out what would you do if you actually wrote on it with a pencil, you wouldn't actually be able to label anything. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, it's it's the always... definition of a dog chasing a car and not knowing what he would have, what he would do, and when he caught it, he's like, "I gotta find where Athens is on this map, and I don't care what happens when I do find it, but I need to find it." It's always oh it's God. it's always a good time when we can bring up a good story of Steve. Just you know, sometimes he's just an idiot. He might be smart on the surface, but sometimes he's just an idiot. We love him anyway, and it's always a good time having him on. Glad he's part of the podcast. John, thank you for coming on again. As always, it's great to have you on because we get these stories. Um, all I really got for closing time is I celebrated a very nice dinner with my girlfriend on this past Saturday for my six, our six-month anniversary. It was fun. We went to Juicy Burger Bar over in Hamburg. Uh, great restaurant. Great burgers. Definitely should try it out if you're from the Buffalo area. Mm. But, and one other thing, for some reason, once again, I think this is like the third or fourth week in a row that I am off the day after recording our episode. So I'm off again tomorrow, Tuesday. It's a great time. I can sleep. I can catch up on a bunch of shit I need to catch up on. And it's always good. And I can stay very much in the loop on all the hockey stuff that's going to happen this week. So you guys should do the same. Follow us on our social medias. The Twitter is at Frozen4Pod. The Instagram is at the Frozen, the number four podcast. I'm Luke. They're the guys. As I say every week, be safe, be smart, and go follow some hockey.